Get going. Um, what's up, everyone? It's me, David Cato. You're listening to the Cato Frank Show. Actually, I decided I don't really like the term show, for me at least, the Cato Frank Show, because that implies some sort of... some sort of grandiosity? Grandiosity? Um, something that is, I don't know, I don't feel like my life is a show, I don't feel like it's staged, I don't really feel like it's hectic or crazy, so let's just stick with the Cato Frank podcast. This is the first one in a long time that I have recorded, I've kind of been on a break, and, uh... I'll get more into that here in a minute. I'm I'm trying to... What the fuck is this? This weird energy. This weird solo energy. Hmm. This is why I said fuck it. I said let's just dive into it. I'm apprehensive. I'm tugging at my hair. I'm tensing up. I'm already feeling angry and... Angry like the dog barking across the ravine from us. Always barking. Always triggered. Always <laughs> uh, uh, very upset at the noises surrounding it or the lack of control that this dog has on its surroundings. Maybe it's just as frustrated as I am. Um, let's do, oh, what's my time date weather? It is February 11th, 2020. It is 3 p.m. here on the Pacific Coast in San Diego. It is 65 degrees, sunny and breezy today. I was going to record this on the 9th, so two days ago, and it was rainy and about 55 degrees, and I decided not to. I did a little, I I got like five minutes into the recording, just kind of doing a rundown, seeing if I felt like doing it or not. I didn't, I canceled it, I deleted it, only five minutes of audio, pretty much already made it up here. Uh, I didn't feel like doing it, I I didn't feel the energy, I didn't feel compelled, I wasn't sure if it was worth doing. Is my time here talking in this empty apartment worth anything? Is it valuable? Is it meaningful? Does it help me? Does it help you? And my answers are often no. No, this isn't helpful. No, this doesn't help anyone. No, this isn't enjoyable. No, 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 no. Always negative, critical, depressed, (laughs) anxious. That is inside my head and I'm trying to 
break that pattern. And part of that process, I think, is to carry on with this. I do feel compelled to keep trying. I'm going to try it without Ashley. Um, she's done almost all of them with me. I have a few diary episodes I haven't released yet. Shocking. Just kind of me recording and recording thoughts and ideas. My state of mind. And... Uh, so I'm kind of used to doing it, but it does help having someone there because they, two people create an energy, a chemistry together. Regardless if they really get along or not, there's still some sort of interaction and exchange happening between the two energies and the two minds. Uh, and I appreciate all the, the time that Ashley has given to the show. Oh, I said it, the show, to the podcast. And all the episodes that she did take part in, it, it means a lot to me. Um, I, I just put a lot of pressure on her, and I've put a lot of pressure on myself to uh, make her contribution or my contribution worthy what, what is it worthy of i don't know i don't know that's the thing is like i want it to be good i want it to be funny or entertaining and insightful and lightning i have answers to these things but then in the moment i often get frustrated with not feeling like i'm delivering that i end up questioning it almost instantly I, I allow myself or someone else to do something with me, I'm doing it, and I feel like, oh, okay, I, I feel okay, I, I feel worth doing this, my self-esteem is high, I should be doing this, I deserve to do it, I'm contributing, but then instantly it's, with the automatic negative thoughts, it's all challenged, and not just challenged from like, how can we make this better? I, I, maybe that is from like that perfectionist mindset of, of control is like, you want to make it better. You want to make it better. But if there's not, if you're not doing it realistically, then you can end up kind of shooting yourself in the foot and ruining the, the moment or ruining kind of the, I don't know, the, the recipe and I, uh, I'm trying to relinquish a little bit of that control and, and be realistic with my goals and expectations and having real answers that feel truthful to myself. Like when I ask myself, should I be doing this podcast or should I be looking for a job? Should I, should I, should I? And a lot of times I feel sick. I feel sick to my stomach. I feel negative and and unworthy. No, this isn't worth my time. No, I sh- no one's listening. No one's uh, benefiting from this. And I guess the answers that kind of were left... Um, like I re- reduce it down like you're cooking a reduction is like the concentrate of the food that you boiled you boil out all the the water you're left with the salt or you boil out all the water you're left with the the juice concentrate or something 
Um, sorry I butchered that, that cooking metaphor, but, uh, I'm always thinking about food. Are you? <laughs> uh, here is, here's a couple of my notes I have on this situation. And, um, I don't know, I feel compelled beyond any sort of duty or beyond my own ego to do this. Um, I know the info is already out there, but I feel like since I don't have a big friend network, a social network, I don't have a family really, um, and, and this is both are kind of self-imposed, I don't have friends, I don't have family, but I still have those like DNA traits that are in my DNA where I feel compelled to share what I've learned or what I've enjoyed. So I guess that's where you come in. Maybe you, the listener, enjoy this. Maybe you, the listener, can learn something from this. Maybe me doing it will kind of uncover something about myself or push me in the direction creatively that I should be going or will be beneficial to me. I, I really don't know. Um, I do feel like there's a value in, in sharing the information that you learn or that you gather. I aggregator, I aggregate, uh, and sharing it with your, your friends and your family. Hey, I saw this. Hey, I heard this. And since I don't have that, or I don't have like a big group of people to do that with, I feel like this might be a a method to keep me sane or to help me focus my own ambitions or or whatever. So I I don't know. Is that really an ego thing? I don't think so. I I hope that I, I I give value. I mean, that's what we all do on a daily basis is we tell coworkers things, we tell family things, we tell our friends things. The only thing here is there's not really an interaction with the side that's listening. And I don't know if that's... It's not a bad thing, and I don't think it's a destructive thing because it's helped me a lot. I think there's a lot of people in the world that are in a bullshit situations that they didn't ask to be in they were born they they have these pains that they're always dealing with trying to overcome challenges and obstacles a lot of us don't ask for stuff um all these these painful things in our life and i guess i'm trying to cope with my own pain and my own uh perceived shortcomings and maybe boost my self-esteem or boost something to 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 get me to where I want to be in life. Um so welcome to the tribe. Maybe you're part of the tribe. Maybe maybe the tribe is, you know, if we're only supposed to I don't remember the number. It's like it's like 150 people or 250 people. 
that we can remember and and that we can have a healthy interactions with and meaningful interactions with and uh I don't remember the name for that number but uh but I guess it's like a tribal thing that I'm feeling compelled to share with my tribe and I think if if we if I was able to rewind the clocks and live in a tribe back in the day maybe I would feel more valuable I would feel like I'm contributing to my tribe and helping my tribe and 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 people would enjoy me and and find me useful or entertaining or whatever and in modern life today in 2020 I don't feel like that's that's it doesn't feel accessible and it hasn't it hasn't since I mean I've struggled with these thoughts and these kind of the low self-esteem and depression and regardless of my financial situation or or having my family in my life or friends in my life it's just always kind of been like this constant thing of of not 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 being adequate not finding valuable ways to contribute and that's sad to me and i i guess maybe subconsciously i'm always fighting against that and pushing against that and how how can i how can i you know if i have to break the rules so be it in order to to fucking you know survive because i feel like i'm i'm always fighting for my survival and i don't want to fuck people over just so i could survive and i don't want to i don't want to just be this robotic uh, just going through the motions, the routines, the the same thing day to day. Uh, I don't want that. So if I have to do it, if I if I have to find a way to survive in my own way, I guess that's what drugs have been for me, um, and porn and um, rap music and uh, reading, and we all kind of find these things that make us feel okay or make us feel sane and we we can lose ourselves in it we could stop the pain or stop like soothe the brain constant thinking i know a lot of people can't relate to this but i think a lot of people can too and i guess i need to just come to terms with with uh accepting like i'm not always going to connect with other people but I, I should always be making an effort to. That's what seems to drive positivity and progress is finding connections with the right people. And if we're not opening up and making an effort to communicate, to be understood, to, to articulate things so that other people can maybe so something clicks for them like oh i don't have to do that or i should try this or just taking the the sting out of it that taking that edge off and just kind of smoothing it out oh like life isn't fucking perfect but maybe if we can find enough things that we enjoy or put enough effort out there positivity out there that maybe we can make a change i don't have any kids i don't have 
any children. I don't have friends. Really, I don't have a lot of <laughs> friends or family. I'm repeating myself now. It's always enjoyable. And I, I feel like... And I'm not a teacher. I'm not, I didn't go to school. I don't learn well in a, at a desk in a fucking room as I'm sitting at a desk in an empty apartment room by myself right now. <laughs> uh, I just, yeah, I don't, so I don't, I don't know how to contribute traditionally. If I can't be a teacher, I don't believe in religion. I don't think I could be a representative and I don't really believe in representation so where does that leave me where how can I fucking can oh, I can work for a non-profit or I can you know there's options but they're not great options like canvassing I was looking at a job today for what the fuck was it called something the fund they kept referring to themselves as the fund join the fund and they do a lot of canvassing, and I don't really believe in canvassing. I don't, I don't feel like canvassing works. Canvassing is when strangers go around neighborhoods and knock on fucking doors and say, Hey, we represent this cause. Will you sign this thing or donate us money? Uh, or they stand outside your grocery store and do the same thing. Sign this thing, donate money. Um, I don't know. I think uh, I think the stats go both ways. There's some articles that say canvassing is pointless. Others say that it, it gets more people to vote or it helps with certain causes. Um, I guess my personal opinion is that canvassing is for idiots. It, people who, who, like, I mean, I'll, I'll sign your fucking thing. I'll sign your petition. But, again, like, the information's already out there for most people, and I think you're kind of an idiot if you're like, oh, you're, you're, you're informed by a stranger who comes to your door, and they're going to tell you something that, that you hadn't already heard, like, whether it's about, you know, socialized medicine or saving the environment or whatever the fuck. It, it really... I don't know. It's like I don't. I, it doesn't work for me, so I immediately think like, "Well, you're an idiot if it works for you. <laughs> if you're someone who who's suddenly going to be engaged with with some political topic or some social topic just because some stranger knocked on your door. I hate when people knock on my door. I fucking hate it. Leave me the fuck alone. I don't know you." I, I don't answer the door if I'm home. Like, 99% of the time, if you knock, why the fuck do I want to talk to you? I guess that's my problem. That's probably why I have no friends, no family. <laughs> um, it's, I guess that's like a tribal thing, too. It's like, you're you're not in my tribe. You won't stay in my tribe. Um, it's hard to, like, maintain friends. It's hard, like, so you have, like, these weirdos that you've never seen before never talked to and they're trying to like talk to you about important things or trying to get money from you it's weird it's it feels very unnatural and we don't have a very good system in place to really support each other or interact with our neighbors or 
be involved with these things on a more, you know, the personal kind of level that we should be involved in. And it just feels forced and awkward and kind of ineffective to do it in this like, canvassing way. But again, people probably argue that this podcast is pointless in a similar way. I'm not converting anyone who doesn't already maybe know or doesn't want to be converted. Um, people will always be against it no matter what. People will, will always be for it no matter what. So it's just kind of like, I don't know, like find, I, I guess you just, I have to and you have to find what is entertaining to you. Is this entertaining to you? Is it valuable to you? Um, yeah, I don't know. Let's move on to something else. What else do I have here? I have Oh, prayer versus meditation. I was going <laughs> to say uh, that I, I haven't released any new podcast episodes for a long time because I've been praying about it. That's a joke for anyone who knows me. I don't pray. I prayed for... Um, 18 years. Well, I, I probably didn't pray when I was five years old or six years old much. Um, so I can't really say 18 years, but I was involved. I was immersed in the church for 18 years, thanks to my parents. Um, so I, I, I kind of know all about prayer and it never really worked for me. I, I guess I like the idea of articulating your, your needs your wants, your struggles, your shortcomings, or even, uh, well, this isn't really prayer, but I guess the, um, like when I would do my reflection at the end of each day, I did this for several weeks, and it felt good, I liked it, it's uh, just kind of, you're taking a shower, you're you're in another kind of, um, non-engaging environment and just reflect on all the positive things that you encountered or experienced that day and to me that's like a, a form of i guess it's like a meditation um but i don't know why prayer like this faith thing is tied into reflection and meditation so i wasn't praying about if I should continue this goddamn fucking podcast. But I was kind of meditating about it and, and reflecting a lot. Is this... What the fuck is the point of all this? And I don't dislike doing the podcast. But for some, for anything that you are claiming as a hobby or you're claiming is to try to help others whatever your claim is i guess you should really you 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 should i don't want to tell you what you should do or not but for me it was valuable to challenge like okay is it what do i got going here is this uh is it what is this what am i doing this for should i just go get a a bullshit job and stop wasting my time with this. Should I go try to make some real friends? Anytime like these things come up to, I get like sick to my stomach. What is that? Like I, I like job hunting. Like I've never found a fucking job in my 
fucking 15 years in the the um the workforce i don't get excited oh god look at all these job opportunities granted there are a lot of cool job opportunities out there but they're not looking for people like me because they're not hiring me anytime i've i've applied to these cool jobs i never get them so i end up getting a job at some shithole that doesn't fucking like it's just like a it's it's a a slave job it's a robot job you just like the same exact thing every day or it's backbreaking work every fucking day and for shit pay and you're just working your life away and it just makes me sick to my fucking stomach every time i job hunt because it's like i know i'm like i'm this isn't pleasurable i'm not hunting for a pleasurable thing i'm not hunting for a worthwhile thing like i'm hunting for something like that that i'm just like well i guess that'll do i guess i i have the ability to do this job i guess i guess i'll apply it's always like settling and i fucking hate that people say oh just go get a just go get a more education or more whatever it's like I, I'm sorry. I, I guess I'm disabled or something because I I I have the ability to go sit in a fucking classroom, but I gotta learn from this asshole teacher. Or I gotta. It's this magical way is the only way to to make a living in life. I have to pay to make a, to make a living. It just it pisses me off to fucking no end that there's not opportunities or the. For as many people as there are on earth, that there's not more opportunities for us to to make a living. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, maybe I should just dive into this. My first note here, I, I wrote these notes weeks ago, probably over a month ago by now. So bear with me, as you always do, or don't. Um... This is all part of... God, I'm losing my mind. I'm losing... <laughs> okay, I'll start at the top. It says plugs. Plugs. Well, I don't have anything to plug anymore. I deleted my social media. I... Don't believe it to be beneficial. And... I really question if it's beneficial to you if you have social media uh of course there has been some benefits a little bit with social media but it just it felt like a waste when when you do this when i do a survey and i see that three or four hundred people looked at it but then only three or four people voted. Three or four hundred people see it. Only three or four people vote. That just makes me... <laughs> is that my tribe? That's my tribe. Hundreds of, of viewers or hundreds of listeners. But only... Probably all fucking bots. Hundreds of bots. Hundreds. <laughs> um, and... It... The the impact is so, so tiny. It just made it very pointless to me. The amount of time, again, just like the podcast, the amount of time I'm investing in social media or investing in the podcast must kind of, there must be an answer for me at least. Like, is this, 
what is the true value of this? And if, if I don't see any, if I can't answer it, then I have to filter it out of my life. I have to cut it out, dead that shit. Social media was, was one of those things for me. And so the, the website is still up there. I actually made it inaccessible for a while. I made it private so that no one could even go to it. Um, just because I was like, am I gonna delete this website too? Am I, am I just whining and complaining with my writing? Am I just whining and complaining with the podcast? Am I just kind of shamelessly asking? I, trust me, I have a lot of shame asking for donations, but it, it feels weird to, I mean, <laughs> to say like I'm unemployed or I don't have things figured out. Uh, but here I'm going to tell you things that I have figured out or tell you experiences to maybe help you while I, I'm, I'm simultaneously asking for you to help me, like pay me money, give me money, give me feedback that you're listening, give me. So I don't know, I tied all these expectations to this whole thing and it kind of took the joy out of it. It, it made me really question, am I really doing this for fun? And I guess the question or the answer is no, I'm not really doing it for fun. But I think my intentions are are pure and I feel compelled to continue doing it. And I am interested in seeing how it will evolve or maybe having a portfolio accessible to the world or, or pictures or, or ideas uh, accessible will benefit me sometime down the road. Right now, I don't think social media, and I don't know if social media ever will benefit me. Um, I feel like I put out good content, but I just didn't see that it was really benefiting me any more than just putting out the show or something. And I felt like it was I was doing almost two two of the same thing. So I'd do the the Twitter the tweet something, but then maybe the same material would be in the podcast or something. So trying to streamline it. I'm always working on filtering down the BS, streamlining things, stop focusing on maybe the Instagram, the Twitter and just do the podcast or maybe instead of the podcast I should get a job working for a nonprofit or something else. And I don't know if that will will come true. I don't know what my future holds, but I I do get more joy out of doing this than I would job searching or or working some job where I'm getting paid and paying taxes and contributing and interacting with people, but I still might fucking hate that and it might feel just just as pointless to me. And I think I'd rather be in control and 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 be able to have like creative freedom and maybe speak more personally or I don't know, it just feels like my creative mind does not fit well with the world and the world the world's bullshit economy and the world's bullshit jobs 
I could, I could, I could force myself to fit in, but it, it never, it hasn't at this point in my life panned out well. I've had, I mean, the job I've held the longest was five years working with, with uh, adults with dis disabilities. And I, uh, I learned a lot from that job, but I also question like returning to it and, and kind of question the long-term benefit of me being in that kind of workplace. Uh, I don't know. I, there I go again. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to invalidate all my my thoughts and my claims okay i want to hop into um so the plugs thing yeah so i, I might change it right now it's still at davidcatoltd.com i think i'm going to switch that at some point because i own the domain davidcato.org and uh i might switch it to that at some point we'll see what happens um my diet and exercise have not been great, but I've also been very depressed. Dealing with the point, what's the point of exercise? What's the point of me eating well? Hmm. It's a struggle, man. I uh, had some pizza the other day, delicious pepperoni pizza. I think it was like Mike's Pizza or something. I was telling Ashley we agree on this double confirmation that the artwork was <laughs> terrifying <laughs> the colors and the little stick man logo that they use are hideous it, they're relics of like 90s art like the the weird i don't know you'd have to look it up i think it's like crazy mike's pizza or some shit like that it was really Tasty pizza, though. They, they make good pizza. They had a lot of sausage on there. The crust was really good. Um, but the the logo, the, the marketing was just bizarre. And they had weird phrases on there, like, get some. Or what was the other one? Like, nothing artificial or something like that. Um... <laughs> So it makes you it makes me appreciate good marketing, but at the same time marketing is bullshit. Marketing is um manipulation, if you ask me. Uh other diet. I've been eating a lot of wraps lately. That's just tortilla with vegetables and God, this is so boring to me. I'm gonna move on along. I don't even want to talk about Okay, here's an update. Semi interesting. I took down my pull-up bar. I had the the fencing, the the bar that I had taken from abandoned fencing, and made it a pull-up bar here on our our uh, patio, and got it. Took took me like an hour to fucking string that thing up there, just because it was so tight to get it through some of the um like the channels where I was stringing the rope through kept getting stuck and I'd have to I tied a little piece of string to the big piece of string to pull it through these little holes and I don't know okay it didn't take me an hour to put it up there probably 30 minutes but then it took me like fucking five minutes to take it all down don't you love that metaphor for life um I took it down because the rope was stretching a lot 
the beams would make a lot of noise, and I was just scared to death that that whole thing was just going to snap off, and 200 pounds of me come falling down onto the concrete, and I'd break my tailbone, or have some sort of other weird injury. So I guess it's back to doing pull-ups on the support beam, which doesn't look odd at all. Six, four, six foot four, 30 year old man doing pull-ups on the very edge of his balcony. <laughs> um, other exercise, I haven't done much lately. Done a lot of laying around, sitting around. That's what depression does to you. It makes you fuck diet, fuck exercise, fuck podcasting, writing, anything I find enjoyable or intellectually stimulating. Uh, I just, it goes out the door. There's no logic to it. It's just like, I don't know. It's, it's like your your filters go out of control and you filter, you just have one big filter and everything gets caught in it, nothing gets through and so I guess depression is out of control filtering and I love to filter, I love to streamline and make my life easy and it's easy to not do anything (laughs) Uh, but I don't think I'm trying to find out, is it possible, because uh, you might have heard the the argument that we need pain in order to appreciate the pleasure in life, and I don't really fucking agree that with, with that, because if I'm just doing okay, if I'm just like, I guess, baseline, I'm not miserable, but I'm not, like, ecstatic, I'm just baseline. And then something good happens, and then it goes back to baseline. I mean, it's, there's not depression. I mean, you, you still have that contrast of like, oh, this really great thing happened. Now we're back to kind of normal again. And, but for me, like when it's my baseline always feels like I'm miserable or I'm angry or I'm stupid and I'm a failure and all the <laughs> my baseline is great. Um, I don't think we have to have a baseline that's like where the contrasts are or or you have to be suffering or be in pain and have bad things happen and all these really negative shitty things and circumstances just to, to to have like a good life. It's crazy to me. Like I don't I don't think we need to have backbreaking work and and Um, make it really hard to become wealthy and all these other things that it's like only only the lucky people seem to get I just feel like our baseline should be a little more normal and like I don't have to be jumping up and down and, and miserable all the time I don't have to be either one can I be like just okay can I, like, how do I find a way just to be okay? And that's been the struggle for me. It's like, why is it so fucking hard just to be okay? <laughs> I can't, I can't, I don't know. It's like, I, I can't even take risks or try things because I feel like 
if it doesn't go well, it's going to blow up in my face and I'm going to be injured and and in pain and unable to to move forward. God, I'm all over the place with this thing. Um so yeah, I haven't done much. Uh I hate that question. What what have you been up to? I ask it too, so I'm guilty of of that. It's a human thing. But a lot of I I noticed just a lot of laying around and I guess that's a privilege. Um, when someone says, yeah, you can all work and you can stay home and try to figure out like what, what you want to do with your life. If you want to be creative or take your time finding a, a job. So I'm lucky Ashley works with me to, to allow me to try these things. But when I struggle with depression and a lot of other people out there and or you might be unemployed or whatever, it's really easy to like to kind of succumb to that depression or succumb to the inactivity. It's easy not to do anything. And it's really fucking hard to put myself out there and and uh, and make an effort. So I want to be actively fighting against that. I think it's okay to lounge around and be lazy. I think that's part of life. We're meant to be like that sometimes. Um, I just, it, it's not going to benefit you if that's just like your eternal state. <laughs> and I don't think anyone ever wants to be in that internal state of just lethargy and uh, not having answers. Um, so I guess part of me doing this is to try to work through answers and try to maybe help my mind focus. If I'm not getting it engaged the way I want it by socializing, by having friends in my life, it's fucking hard to make friends. I already said that earlier. Like how many coworkers have I had that have just not like, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's really fucking hard. Like someone who for an introvert and someone who has my kind of shitty background how do you find people to relate to and where do you meet those people and how do you kind of stay in contact with them and I also have an issue with um commodifying people like what are the how are they going to benefit me or maybe they look dirty or unkept or I don't like their sense of taste. So then immediately I discount everything. And I, I know those signals are important and they're telling us something. But I I do have a, a bad habit of commodifying people and just making snap judgments about... Um, should, I, should I give them my time? My time is... Is so valuable that I couldn't spend time with them or host them at my apartment or hang out with them outside of my apartment. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck I'm going. Um, hmm. <laughs> Recent experiences, lessons learned, compliments, and dare days. 
Ashley's rant of the day, that's an old one, and Snowda, stuff no one talks about. My first note at the top here says, maybe the world sucks because we're unable to share our gifts with the world. So, I'm going to have insiders and trauma in parentheses. I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, and why, why people, oh, why people have, have kids is to, I'm sorry, why people have kids is because maybe the world sucks, we're unable to, oh, people have kids, that was my theory, is people have kids because, um, they're unable to share their their gifts with the world, so they want to share their opinions and what they learned or what made them laugh. They want a, children to tell this to or to give this to. Insiders make it so fucking hard for people with trauma and disabilities and other shortcomings to... to become successful in the world to really make a living and to to help others get to a better place um have the trickle down effect the trickle down effect the rich will save us idea is their idea it's the riches the insiders idea the trickle down effect the idea that the rich will save us is is their own idea. They create poverty by owning government and inequality and then act like they're the cure. They create poverty by owning the government and they definitely perpetuate inequality and then they act like they're the fucking cure. Yeah, um... What other shit do I have? Is this, is the we need bad things to appreciate good things a BS line from elitists? Like more money, more problems. So that kind of ties into what I was saying earlier is, like, I don't think we have to be, we don't have to live like negative lives and bad lives and, and bad things shouldn't be the norm. They shouldn't be baseline. They shouldn't be the standard. That suffering should not be baseline. Um, but but it is a line. Like I hear this from people. Like like we need we need the bad to appreciate the good. It seems like a BS line from elitists, people who had a lot of luck, who got lucky, who got rich, who had access, who had opportunities, who had a huge support system. Because I never hear people like poor people say this stuff. I never hear people who are in pain and suffering say this stuff. It's always people who <laughs> are like successful and, and have shit figured out. They act like uh, I think they say that stuff because they kind of perpetuate the system that exploits the weak and perpetuates the system of I'm missing something in life. Maybe I should just buy some more shit or get a promotion or um, get a raise and I'll feel better I'll just have more kids to tell tell them my uh, 
my jokes and my favorite TV shows. <laughs> That'll make it better. Uh, here's another note I wrote down. No social media. Rachel Ray, Oprah. Magazine, TV website. Too much. It's redundant. It's unfocused. Rarely social. It's rarely social. It's rarely constructive. Not worth not worth it to not worth the extra investment too much entertainment and no skill building hmm. i wrote this down after i saw that rachel ray had a magazine <laughs> i just i found it weird like i mean great that they they're able to accomplish this thing i think that's that's really cool but it just feels like i mean rachel ray and oprah and whoever else they have a magazine. They have TV shows. Some of them make movies. Oprah's made some movies. They have their website on top of that. I'm sure they've probably done podcasting. Uh, it just seems like too much to me. It's it's interesting that they don't view it as being redundant and unfocused. Maybe that's... Um, Maybe that's a note I should take. I always, always accuse myself of being redundant and unfocused. So it's easy for me to, to target other people. Um, I, I just don't... like. How do they not feel like, oh God, this, this content is too repetitive. It's, we've already said this. We've already... Like, what are we accomplishing here? What is... It just seems like it's too much. Like, they, they're just part of this... Oh my god, this hummingbird is making noise out there and it's so distracting. It sounds like a fucking, like, like a, a whistle, like a low whistle. I don't like it. I must stop. I must control the hummers. Social media. Mm hmm, mm hmm. Rachel Ray and Oprah. I'm sorry, why am I just reading this? So I'm I'm so <laughs> so like the social media is rarely social. It's rarely constructive, and I don't find it to be worth the extra investment. It's just everyone's always seeking entertainment and not really seeking skill building. And I I said earlier like we have to find things that make us happy. We have to find entertainment. We can't just be. Um, full of worry all the time and focusing on others all the time we have to balance that with kind of pleasing ourselves and finding pleasure in life and I think a lot of the pleasure that we experience the meaningful pleasure comes from skills it comes from skill building you're not just mindlessly consuming something staring at something you're you're learning something coming away with a new perspective you're learning how to execute or filter or communicate what are you learning what do you if if you claim this thing is um entertainment to you or something is entertainment to you what are you learning from it i don't feel like it's 
probably not a, a healthy form of enter- entertainment if you're not bringing any skills, pulling any skills from that. Also, think it would be good to challenge your kind of your value if you're if you're a creative person. You're putting content out there. What is it? Uh, is it redundant? Are you are you just repeating yourself? You're just bombarding, putting out stuff. All that stuff, I think, should be questioned. Here's a note. Um, complimentary. <laughs> this was something me and uh, Andrew were talking about. I might save that for a script. But... Fuck it. Um, Yeah, we were just joking about complimentary parachutes and airbags for small planes and helicopters. (laughs) Like, how the fuck do planes not give people parachutes? Instead, they just tell them to just lean forward, hug your knees. What the fuck is that? Like, they don't tell us to do that in a car crash. But in planes and shit, they're like... Just, like, duck forward and hug your knees. They should give you motherfucking parachutes. And how come these planes and helicopters don't have, like, massive airbags that they could, uh, like, upon impact or something, or pre-impact, they can inflate and absorb some of that that fucking um, momentum. Why be good? Here's a note. Why be good? Something I question of myself quite a bit. Why Why try? Why make an effort? I wrote, because it's true evolution and progress. It's not denial. I think you deny reality if you say, like, oh, there's no point. Why? Why be a good person? Because to be truthful, try to be factual and scientific, which to me is just kind of being sensible about things. Um, all that is, I think, leads to in the, the openness and the transparency. I mean, that breeds progress. So why should I try? Why, why should I be good? Why does it matter? It's because making an effort, trying to be good, being factual and transparent, trying to be a kind, loving person, all that is true evolution and progress. We're taking it into a kind of the next stage, getting better, better. I think if you deny facts and you you deny people's right to to make decisions and um, you normalize exploitation and you normalize manipulation and stuff it's like how is any of that going to lead to progress how is any of that how can that lead to and and hiding concealing truth and None of that leads to a good place. And I don't want to 
exist if I can't be good and I can't be around good people and I can't take part in um, achieving some sort of pleasure because life is like it's it's like baseline again it always feels like for me it's a very painful existence just non-stop struggle non-stop failure non-stop setbacks so to counter that and to keep trying to be good and keep trying to make an effort and keep trying to be factual and sensible and trying to kind of seek all that good stuff, laughter and love. and That's the only thing to me that makes life bearable. And I, I guess that's like one of the meanings of life. I had to find like, what's my meaning of life? What's my purpose in life? I, that's that's one of them is like I, I have to like keep trying to be a good person otherwise like you surrender you quit you unengage you, you disengage you isolate all these things like I never feel good doing that it's easy to do that stuff but I never fucking feel good when I do it I always feel like like I'm, I'm. Uh, you feel like you're, like you're sliding into a black hole. Like I'm, I'm losing. I'm straining. I'm struggling. It's, and it's not getting better. And oh, I'll just quit. And oh, what's the point? What's the point? Fuck it. Like that never feels like a good mindset when I'm, when I'm there. I never feel good in my gut. I never feel good in my head. Other people around me can sense it. And so for me, it's like I, I like, like my, <laughs> my purpose in life is to just counter all that. It seems so flimsy, such a flimsy, but that's just a note I have written down. It's not an identity. It's just uh, something for me to, to dissect. Talking it out, guys. I'm talking it out. Not all these make sense. Life doesn't fucking make sense. Fuck you if you think this podcast should be perfect. Uh, here's another note. No one had glasses pre-invention. Life would have sucked spending decades being impaired. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Like I said that to Ashley the other day. I wear glasses. I've worn glasses. I don't know when I first got them. I was probably around 12, and I was thinking, like, damn, like, before they even invented glasses, so before they invented glasses, people would live their entire goddamn life just blurry vision. What the, I can't see what that says in the distance, I can't see who that is in the distance, um, just blur, I, I, I take my glasses off every day but I'll, I'll be brushing my teeth or doing simple things i hate like not being able to see in clarity for long amounts of time and i can't drive and i can't do other things without my glasses I can't play sports without my glasses so suddenly all these and these um things become inaccessible to you or you you suddenly suck at at doing them because you can't see 
and I'm really grateful that that I don't have to spend decades of my life just in blurriness. But other people, I mean, people people are blind. They don't have any vision and and other impairments that really fucking suck if you compare it to maybe your current situation. And I just found that that was interesting that I don't know when glasses were invented. I don't know how long they've been around, but they haven't been accessible to a lot of people. And you go back to the Stone Age or or whenever, pick your time. Like imagine like living, like say they lived uh, even like 60 years or something. That's a long time to go without. Uh, I, I bet a lot of those people felt really... Um, like I, I can't contribute because I can't see or I can't contribute because my fucking hand got gnawed off by a saber-toothed tiger. Uh, whatever the fucking thing is. And people keep pushing forward. I mean, pushing forward so much that we are here today. I'm here today because my ancestors pushed forward. But what is the point? Like, what is... I don't find any any point in procreating. I'm, there's other people who, who are procreating. They don't need my contribution. Um, but, I don't know where I was going with that, other than just kind of finding, like, yeah, I don't have to have kids, or I don't have to contribute this way, so how the fuck am I going to contribute? I can't see, or I can't move very well, or whatever. How do I contribute? What am I going to do in my, like, is my tribe going to take care of me, and are we going to talk about, well, maybe we shouldn't, like, have kids if we can't contribute, or what is, what is their, what is their drive? Like, I, I find a lot of the drive of humanity is very selfish and, and kind of unfocused. Like, I don't know, let's just keep having kids, and I don't know, let's just keep, you know, doing this thing, keep driving society forward, and keep trying to make little increments of progress. I don't know what any of that is. That's what I struggle with, like, for myself as an individual. So it's very bizarre to me when I see my fellow humans, well, I have six kids, or, you know, they they have, like, this opinion on life or viewpoint on, on life that's just, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, you, you apparently have some purpose that you feel very compelled to to be living in this manner. And I cannot relate to that. I I don't I can't relate to that. I just don't know what that is and why people are so like quick and easy to just procreate for the sake of procreating, working for the sake of working, um, keeping things the status quo for the sake of keeping things status quo. This is why I feel like I suffer in life is because I don't have answers to these and the people who do this stuff can't provide me adequate answers. Like, oh, that's why. It's, it's, all, it's all kind of silliness. And I don't find life fun enough I don't find the the game of life. 
treat life like a game, like it's a fucking amusement park ride. That doesn't work for me either, because life hasn't been fun. Life hasn't been pleasurable for me. So how do I continue existing? Is there a point to me existing? Why do I want to continue existing if I can't answer why? Why the fuck should I continue existing? And it's bizarre. I, I, I struggle with it. I have to kind of, I have to be a little selfish and, and find, okay, well, meaning for life for me is, is finding some pleasure in life. What do I enjoy doing? And trying to do that stuff a lot. But also it's important for me to try to help others and contribute that way but why why should i try to help others again i think it comes back to the the um where the fuck is it because it's true evolution and true progress why does that matter i don't know why does why does it matter to to truly evolve and to truly progress because it's still i guess better and, and more pleasurable and helpful for everyone and beneficial for everyone to move in that direction and it's weird when you see people actively like fighting against um people's rights and actively trying to impose their beliefs of god or the military or or whatever their fucking idea of utopias, I mean, they don't even believe in utopia, they, I think they do actually, I think it's a version of utopia, it's, they think utopias, god, I don't even want to get into that, I'm moving on to my next note, pro tip, teeth whiteners need 20 plus minutes to set and work, so toothpaste and rinses are a waste, I don't know if that 20 minutes amount of time is accurate but i i do remember doing a lot of research on this um a couple years ago and that was the consensus was that the teeth whitener in toothpaste and in mouth rinses are a waste of money it's a it's a gimmick it's a, a sales gimmick because real teeth whiteners need like over 20 minutes to actually sit on your teeth and to to become effective and to work it's like you're staining your teeth and you can't really stain your teeth um effectively with those whiteners by just rinsing your mouth for about 60 seconds so that when you see the teeth whitener strips that stuff works and some of those other uh, things that actually sit on your teeth for a long time, but don't be fooled by the teeth whitener toothpastes and the, the rinses They're just a waste of money. So uh, you want to look for the Anti-cavity stuff fluoride is proven to work. Just don't drink it <laughs> um, Yeah, I don't use it. I use uh, I use fluoride rinse and I use fluoride tooth toothpaste But I don't do any of the whitener stuff other than the strips and I keep those on, I think, you have to keep them on for like an hour. I think there's some that are shorter, like 30 minutes, but that's a pro tip. I wrote that down a while ago. I don't know why that came back to me. Just trying to help you guys, save you some money, save you some research. 
I'm an aggregator. I aggregator. We, here's an, another note. We wouldn't say anything and let people in if we didn't want help. Uh, that was me during my suicidal uh, depression. I, um, I don't know, maybe a week or two ago, I was very depressed. Thinking about suicide quite a bit. Not making plans. I had no plan to kill myself. And I don't want a plan to kill myself. I was just, again, kind of dissecting those thoughts and, and sitting with those thoughts of why do I... Why do I hate myself so much? Why do I want to kill myself? Why do I want to end this? What am I trying to stop? What am I trying to fix? Why am I not coming up with better solutions other than to end my life? Why is this even an, uh, an option? Why am I so against myself and hating myself? Not, I'm not, I can't even advocate for, for myself because of the suffering or, or the, the failures Adam Kroll would probably say, good, kill yourself. We don't need you. And I, I don't know. I don't, uh, suicide is a touchy subject. And I don't know how I want to discuss the topic, but I, I didn't really come up with, with many straightforward answers i mean i have all these notes in front of me and i I try to talk this shit out with ashley and and kind of in my own head um it's dark stuff david's dark thoughts (laughs) it's it it's painful to to talk about how much like disrespect you have for yourself and where I feel like I haven't earned I I'm still uh, I still feel like I I haven't achieved success financially I haven't achieved success professionally I haven't achieved these things I'm not where I want to be in life so if if that's true then um, this is pointless and but I wouldn't open up and talk with with friends or even myself if I didn't want help. If if we didn't want help, I mean that's why people isolate and shut down and disengage because they're trying to control access to that pain and they're trying to they're they're trying to control something there. And I don't, I don't like being in that state. I don't want to shut people out. I don't enjoy shutting people out. I, I read a lot about um, other people. I went on in some, uh, I think I went on a, a Reddit chat room and some other kind of suicidal um, chat rooms to see what people were saying who were also in those dark places and what people say to them. And it's interesting, you get a mix of, there's some people in there who are like Adam Carolla who just don't care and are like, God, kill yourself. And then other people, and it's all just a fucking joke to them and they're laughing at other people's misery and 
and shortcomings and that's really fucking sad that made me really sad to see because even though i'm not in there i don't have like a, a screen name or password i can't go on there and and talk and, and say anything i'm still like to see that like humans treat other humans like that was very disturbing and but then on the flip side you have these other beautiful humans who it's i don't know how much of it i'm assuming everything that they're writing is true and real um and and to see that to see someone suffering and to see a complete stranger go out of their way to alleviate to try to alleviate that pain and to try to provide guidance or support that something there i don't know it's touching I can't explain it because I I guess someone who has been very hateful and to have all that like disengage to have to have that not disengaged but diffused by Just, I don't know, I, I don't know, it, it, it was, it's, it's just beautiful, it's, I think it's easy for, for people to, to try to engage because, oh, I'm not attached to this person, or, um, I don't really have any investment or stake in this person, so it's a little easier for them, and maybe there's some ego involved, I'm going to save this person's life. Take away all the context of maybe like what their motivations are. And it's still pretty crazy to me to see how many people out there are broken and confused. And I didn't want to be one of those hateful people and I didn't want to be one of those people who just wants to fucking end it cause there's pretty cool shit in life you don't have to be religious to acknowledge it, there's there's cool experiences in life, and I know I don't have to suffer and live my life in a way that that perpetuates the suffering. And I I want to work hard to to achieve that. You know, you can't force other people to do it with you. Um, I think it might be as simple as 
just trying to remind people that that there's there has been good moments and not try to trick them into like oh you know you'll have more you know this and that and you you can do this and just keep trying and just keep trying that shit is like trickery because people don't know what else to say because they don't relate to it or because they haven't experienced the the, the fucking blackness of and, and the, the gravitational pull of of suicide or of depression or anxiety and, and or hatred but I know like all that stuff is stuff I don't want to fucking live in. I don't want to be in that that black hole. And I'm slowly trying to learn the skills that it takes to avoid that darkness and and uh help others hopefully avoid the darkness and what is enjoyable in life fucking hamburgers and oh, that's murdering that's murdering animals i don't know if i should say that just finding just finding the the little things in life i mean when i was depressed a couple weeks ago just laying around it gave me pleasure just to watch movies or to write my thoughts down, to write those dark thoughts down, to get my supplements from Amazon or whatever, just those little things, and trying to keep it going with that stuff, and then in the meantime, trying to rewire the fucking brokenness that I feel like my parents gave me this broken mind, or my peers in the past gave me this broken, they for, They broke my mind, they broke my will to live, they broke, I just broke me, broke my brain, and to try to pick that, those pieces up by yourself is impossible, you need, like, r- replacement figures in your, in your life, that's what podcasts were for me. And people in your life who will listen and give you honest feedback, like Andre or Ashley, and I don't know if it has to be more complicated than that. I think the broken mind makes it very very easy to complicate they our minds complicate fucking everything and i don't think it has to be that way i want to keep actively fighting against it um Here's a note that says, if knowledge is power and power corrupts ultimately, is there any real help? Is there any real hope? This was a line from one of the Outer Limits episodes I watched. 
the uh, the reboot series. And uh, I don't know if I have an answer for that. That, that creeped me out. I never, because I used to say knowledge is power, knowledge is power. And that, that was even like a, um, like the more you know. Isn't that like a, a social campaign or something? So if knowledge is power and power corrupts ultimately, is there any real hope? We're all just going to, like the more we learn, we're just going to, the more we, we corrupt. I mean, that's a scary proposition. If we're all corruptible, we all need to pitch in with balancing that shit, maybe. If I'm corruptible, maybe I know a lot, but maybe this other person also knows a lot and they can help kind of negate the corruption. It's it's scary to think about. I don't think... I think knowledge is really only dangerous if if you intend on using the the knowledge to manipulate and exploit others. So that's why if we all are corruptible, even the the nicest, purest person that we might think exists, maybe to avoid ultimate corruption, we just all need to pitch in on keeping each other accountable and, and balancing the scales trying to stay in that gray area between the black and the white right down the the edge here's another note i'm not saying not to review i just don't believe in doing it uncompensated because others have no problem doing it okay so this was a a note i wrote about doing i deleted all my reviews people what do you think about that i deleted my amazon reviews i deleted my google maps reviews was that the only two i think that that might be the top two all all the reviews that you uh, didn't read (laughs) um you guys don't give a fuck do you i I find value in reviews a little bit. I do check reviews still. Maybe before I go somewhere. You know what? Maybe it's a compulsion. Maybe I'm not really checking. I'm just kind of compulsively checking. I'm not really looking in depth. Not studying it. But it, it might just be a comfort thing. I don't know. It just... I I really question, that's something else I question the value of, is everyone's going on there and giving their opinion about a product or a place, and it's all very subjective, and I felt like I was helping a lot of people and warning people or trying to funnel people towards a product or towards going somewhere, but... I don't know if there's any difference. I don't know if I was really creating, or, or you know, I don't. I don't know if I was making people's lives better. I've mentioned on another podcast that, as 
certain period of time goes by after you leave a review? I mean, at what point maybe the owner changes or the management changes and maybe the product or place gets better or worse? So how long is the review good for? And then I was thinking like, damn, I've done like all these fucking reviews on Amazon. Haven't gotten compensated a penny. I did it all for free. I never got a single product. Amazon's not calling me up saying thanks for like helping us uh, sell more products. Or Google's not calling me up saying thanks for using our, our platform and educating people about these places. I'm not getting compensated. It's a lot of time and energy to put into something where these billion dollar companies, corporations, aren't compensating the user. And that's a whole other thing is like, oh, well, they got paid to, to leave a review. They got paid. They got the, the product for free. So why should I believe what they have to say? But again, I think on the flip side, it's even worse. It's like, well, you're doing all this work for free. They're profiting off of your free work. They're exploiting you. But there's a lot of people out there who feel like it's like their duty or they get some sort of um, pleasure out of educating or sharing with other people. And I think a lot of them have good intentions. Um, and I think people are always going to want to do it. I just, so I'm not saying not to do it. I just, I don't personally believe in doing it anymore. I, I felt I have an issue with not being compensated for the amount of time that I would put in. And, and um, you know, no one leaves you comments really saying thank you or anything. And um, again, like the feedback, just like with this podcast, it's like, oh, well, what's the point? You know, no one's, we're not socializing more and. I don't know if anyone's, uh, you know, benefiting or not benefiting off of this stuff. Some people would say, oh, this comment was helpful, but again, it's like, how long do you keep it up there for? And what what's your motivation? What's your intent? Yeah, are you perpetuating a, a fucking broken system, an exploitive system, manipulative system. I'd rather, I think, do the podcast or recommend stuff in person. Um, so, I don't know, maybe it's just the... It's just another kind of replacement for for humans really socializing with each other and for that tribal thing. We're looking for assistance. We're looking for input and opinions on things. So I guess question, really question yourself if, if that's important to you, if that's really bringing you value or pleasure. Are you being objective about it if you are doing it? What's the evidence? Look at the evidence. For me, um, you know, it's like I have a fucking portfolio of reviews or something, but what what's the benefit here? 
<laughs> it just kind of started to feel pointless to me and um, a little narcissistic. And I was thinking, well, I'm even if a product doesn't have a great review or something, I still might try just to try it to see for myself or go somewhere to try it for myself. So we can't always like live our lives based on others' opinions, too. And that goes for this show and everything else. Oh, God, I said it, the show. Um, Moving on, moving on. Celeb- oh, I wrote this one today. Celebrities taking podcasts that make it harder for us. Uh, I was just, like, thinking of, of uh, like, social media hasn't really helped, uh, I guess, expose the Cato Frank show, the Cato Frank podcast. I was thinking, like, all the podcasts I've heard were mentioned by, like, a website or mentioned on another podcast or just randomly found them while in my uh, Apple podcasts or, or whatever. So I don't I don't need Twitter or Instagram to advertise this shit because I don't think it really works. And then I was thinking more about how all these celebrities now have podcasts, and I think that's great. I mean, I have Conan O'Brien's podcast, but he also has a show. So this kind of goes back to the the Rachel Ray and Oprah thing. It's like, you guys have a show already, and now you have another show, and. What about us? You know, I'm trying to get traction with this fucking thing. And, uh, okay, Conan's doing something completely different than me, but there's also only so many shows and time that people have to listen to things. And Conan already has a fucking TV show. Now he has a podcast. So it's like more competition for me. It's more competition. People say, find your own lane and just kind of stick in your own lane and just focus on your own stuff. Okay, I can do that. But it's still competition when it comes down to it. And it's just weird that these guys are already well-known. They're already millionaires. And and it, it just makes it uh, harder for the lesser-known shows or unknown shows or unknown hosts, creators to get seen or to get their own traction, to get their own advertising, because you have these big names always kind of like stomping around and and taking the the spotlight. So it's just, I don't know. That's, I guess, my rant is, though I listen to to my competition, it's... It's uh, it's frustrating, too. Like, oh, you guys have... You already have outlets or a platform and you're already successful and now you're going to come in to this thing that's supposed to be accessible um and and cheap to do and you're you're still you guys are going to kind of take away a huge audience that might otherwise find its way to my show i don't know i I guess it's envy more than anything it's frustration that, oh, it's it's still not enough. Like, these guys, like, your own fucking TV show 
isn't enough or your own whatever isn't enough like you have to just constantly I mean if I was in his position I mean I would probably do the same thing if I'm creative if I have access I'm going to do this thing I'm going to keep making content I'm going to keep whatever it is frustrating though when it's like you're you're like a David and Goliath situation like oh coming up against you know the corporate uh giant the corporate machine and it's already successful and strong and and wealthy and what am i i'm just this weak little trying and oh god i'm hoping and oh god i'm praying i'm praying about it it's it's very it's pain that's some of the pain i i dealt with like how can why should i try i'm 31 years old and i'm trying this thing for i've been trying for six months or i've been whatever how long do i keep at it how long do i keep trying how long and these other guys are like in it for two seconds conan's already known and so he puts out a podcast it goes straight to the top number one show he's already got advertisers he's getting millions of downloads it's like oh well that's great that's great why the fuck am i here then why the fuck am i trying and guys, guys, I'm not, I'm not lucky enough. Like I've been doing this for six months and I've, I've tried to do other creative stuff and I've tried to reach out to people in the past. I'm not one who has gotten plucked. Oh, oh, uh, that young lady or that young man looks talented. Uh, you, you should have our office call him on, uh, on Monday and uh, set up a meeting. Like you don't get plucked out of obscurity like... Oh, just keep at it. Just keep in your lane. Just keep putting out product. I feel like I could do this for years and never get an offer for to produce or to whatever um, to perform or or it, it just feels so silly to me. Like these things like that we do as humans and why why should I try to do this thing if this other person is getting massively re- rewarded for it and doesn't seem to really have to lift a finger in order to achieve something and then me on the other hand I have to fucking I'm 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 contemplating suicide because I can't get a little bit of traction that's how big of a fucking failure I feel like that's how um difficult this thing seems to be and inaccessible these things seem to be to me and I guess I have to challenge that thought with like, oh, you're just gonna kill yourself. Well, it's like, what do you, what do you really want to do with this, man? I'm not. I don't want to be like. I don't know. I'm moving on. How many count? How many times? Have a drink every time I say I don't know. Or if you're uh, in a legal state and you're smoking cannabis, have a hit every time I say I don't know. I don't know. Light one up. Light one up every time I say, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. The info, oh, so the info is already out there. I said that earlier. The info is already out there. You don't need me to fucking, that's another kind of questioning of my value. What, what the fuck to do my words? How am I adding to it? How am I making this better? How am I making your life more meaningful or easier or pleasurable or helpful 
Because the info is already out there, guys. I'm just aggregating all this fucking shit. I've heard all these these comments from other podcasts. I've heard... God, I keep belching and squelching. I apologize. Um, like, like reviews, products, products, and, and diet and exercise. I don't know how unique my experience is and how valuable my experience is that... Or my opinion, I just feel like I'm parroting. Is all this shit just parroting? I'm just parroting what I've already heard and what what other people have already said. And does it matter? I say uh, I say no. It's an accumulation of my experiences. I'm not just parroting. It's like what I've lived. It's what I've seen. I wanna I wanna try to help. I don't have kids, so I can maybe try to help you. I'm not a teacher, so maybe. Maybe I can help teach you um, just the little things in life. My experiences. Does my experience matter here on Earth? This is all heavy shit for me. Um, Alright, I'm moving to the second part. I think I might need to take a break. Break time. I trust that everyone is enjoying the music. As the title of the album suggests, this was meant for your listening pleasure while you are being done in. They fought the longest war in American history. In 1965, Vietnam seemed like just another foreign war, but it wasn't. It was different in many ways, and so were those who did the fighting. In World War II, the average age of the combat soldier was 26. In Vietnam, he was 19. In, 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 in Vietnam, he was 19. Back from break. It's only a couple minutes. Uh, I wanted to <laughs> incorporate this Homeland Security Advisory System, which is a bullshit name for the terror alert, uh, the color uh, chart that they have. Maybe I'll start using it as a self-reference. I would say today, if I was, if I had to give myself one of these ratings, so it goes from low, low risk of terrorist attacks to guarded, general risk of terrorist attacks. That's blue. Oh, low is green, then blue. And then elevated is yellow. Significant risk of terrorist attacks. High is orange. High risk of terrorist attacks. Severe is red. Severe risk of terrorist attack. Um, I would say in uh, my my general state of mind today would be guarded. If my mind had a homeland security advisory system, it would be blue. 
guarded today. I'm doing okay. I feel um, pretty happy. I feel pretty rested, pretty balanced. Um, but not like, uh, not elated and not, uh, what's the term? Not, 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 not super like joyful and, um, God, I can't think of the word. Shocking. I would say I'm blue guarded today. All right. That was super fascinating. My first note at the top of my page here is I wanted to do a correction on that plant outside. It's a huge, um, we called it a orange, a orange trumpet creeping vine, I believe. So I, I feel like we referenced this plant multiple times in multiple episodes. It's the plant that the hummingbirds love. They have orange blossoms. It's a very dense, it's, um, it doesn't really grow like a vine. It's, it's more like, um, and it's very viney, I guess, but it, it kind of spread, sprawls out like a bush more. It doesn't creep up like, uh, on a flat side of a building or anything like that, like kind of the vines or the ivy that we imagine when you say that word. Um, but I have a correction. It is not that large plant outside my uh, our patio is not the orange trumpet creeping vine. It is the Cape Honeysuckle. We found this out by going to our local Home Depot and they had some Cape Honeysuckle for sale. We bought a pot for about 25 bucks and it is staring at me on the opposite side of the window. So I'm looking at it right now. It's in our corner on our patio. Um, yeah, the, uh, the bees love it. The hummingbirds love it. I already had our first hummingbird fly into our uh, balcony area or patio and inspect the uh, the new plant. I thought that was cool. And for people who've never been around a hummingbird, it I think it has to be very similar to how people describe their interactions with dolphins. Like life-changing and amazing and, oh, they're so beautiful. And uh, just kind of a magical thing. I, I would argue that hummingbirds are the land version of dolphins. They even had the long fucking beaks, those long sword faces. Uh, they're crazy, man. They hover, they're loud. With the, the hovering is, is very um, intimidating, even though they're tiny. If they get near you, I mean, they're so fucking fast. The, the vibrations and then the colors a lot of them are have beautiful coloring translucent shimmering shiny um, feathers very beautiful and then the sounds that they make are are pretty funny and interesting they do these weird chirps like morse code chirping clicking really clicking more of a chir instead of a chirp um, and they do these whistles and they do their pendulum dance and they do their fucking 60 mile per hour flybys like a bullet. They're crazy. So shout out to the hummingbirds. 
Um, they're pretty active today. It's been windy. I saw him trying to counter the wind on his little stick ride. The branch was bobbing and flopping everywhere like my dick. And then uh, he, <laughs> he, the uh, the Hummer would would throw his his wing out to try to like counter the balance of the wind going, throwing him to the left. So he'd throw his right uh, his right wing out, and then he would be pushed to the right, and he'd throw his left wing out. It was very very cool. Um, what else? I had something else on my computer. Uh, I think it's just kind of an update with my website. I already said I unlocked it, but let's do some traffic sources. Traffic, or let's do geography. So, United States, I've had some visits from California, those are probably all mine. Iowa, those are probably all injury. Oregon, Oregon's still listening. Boardman, what's up, Boardman, Oregon? I don't know who that is, but... They've had, uh, they've hit the website quite a bit. Uh, Georgia, we have one from Georgia. What's up, Georgia? We have one from Texas and Houston. What's up, Houston? We have one from Indiana. What's up, West Lafayette, Indiana? We have one from Washington. What's up, Seattle? We have one from Switzerland. Schwiz? Schwiz? I don't know how to pronounce that. What's up, Switzerland? We have one from Finland in Usima. What's up, Usima? Uh, United Kingdom still up there. Northamptonshire. We have one from Ireland. What's up, Ireland? We have one from J- Japan. Um, from Osaka. What's up, Osaka? Luxembourg. What's up, Luxembourg? Uh, Malaysia. Uh, and then one from the Philipp- Philippines in Cavite. What's up, Cavite? Uh, and then what's our RSS subscribers? This is just transparency stuff. I, I think it's kind of interesting. So here's the, uh, the Twitter argument, I guess. We went from about 303 subscribers on the 20th of January. And now we have about 200. So we lost about 100. In that time, I have not put out any shows. Or any episodes. In that time, I have deleted my Twitter and Instagram. I'm not advertising on those anymore. And then in that time, I also locked the website so that no one could even visit it. So seeing these numbers go down, 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 every single day I lost listeners or subscribers. So what am I, what am I getting at here? I think it's interesting that the show by itself, a standalone show, hasn't been growing without constantly putting out shit or without constantly advertising it, constantly talking shit on on Twitter or whatever, getting people to go to the website, click the link or Google it or what. Um, it's just odd to me that, that the shows itself, the, the show itself, the podcast itself wouldn't grow if I'm not constantly putting out material, content, new episodes. And 
I think it's normal for shows to gain followers or gain listeners and then lose listeners. You know, it's always people checking out the show. But I found it a little fucked that unless I was constantly putting out stuff, it's just going to shrink back down to nothing. I, I don't know. I don't know what this teaches me. And I try not to look at this stuff, but at the same time, it's... And it's weird, so it went down to 141 on February 8th, and then it went up on the 9th to 144, and then to 181 on the 10th, and then to over 200 on the 11th. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know what any of this means. It's... It, it feels silly to kind of like, oh, I got to keep putting out stuff. Just put it out, put it out, put it out, put it out. Got to get the numbers up, got to get the numbers up. And I don't. I don't have to fucking do that stuff. Um, I could just do the show the way I want to do the show and spend my time the way I want to spend my time and either people will get it or not. Um, I think I... If I come at it from a... I, I want to make a living doing this. I want to get more donations doing this. I want to touch more people's lives doing this. I don't know if any of those are like the right motivation because then I'm constantly like, oh God, I, I got I to gotta find a way to make revenue. I got to constantly put out, I got to change this and that. And I'm constantly, I'm already doing that, but I'm, it's like I... I up the pressure on myself when I don't know why I'm doing it other than to try to to make a profit or try to feel rewarded for all my investment. And I think that's totally normal and natural. Um, but when when you're hoping to make a living on it or hoping to maybe have a more social life or to change lives to help people and none of that's happening then it really makes me question why am I doing this why am I spending my time doing this why aren't these numbers going up no one cares no one's listening no one's donating uh, or I only get rewarded if I break my back to get these numbers up, but then again, I'm not being really rewarded for it. So it's just like a lot of these weird signals and weird feedback or lack of feedback. So that's kind of some of the, and, that, and that's like, that's what they do with, with TV viewership and stuff and, and movie box office. So what's, how are we getting rewarded? What is the audience telling us? So, I guess I'm getting a taste of, of kind of, like, what's this, what's the balance between ethical selflessness, selflessness and what's, what's the balance of me making a living and, sur like, surviving financially by how I spend my time, it's just this constant weird balance, this weird dance between things, and 
That's all I have to say. I'm gonna move on. If I don't have anything specific I'm going towards, I think it's probably best that I just move on. Alright, so here's some, uh, some other notes I have. This isn't really specific to how I used to, or how we used to, um, section the show in part one, part two. This is all in part two, but not necessarily all, uh, it's, it's loosely just kind of all jumbled together. So this note, none of that makes sense. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Milton Friedman, a pro-capitalist. Uh, he's an economist who apparently championed uh, the freedom to choose. Um, it's a market, so Milton Friedman, pro-capitalist, freedom to choose, market based on mutually, so the market is supposed to kind of be based, the economy is supposed to be based on mutually beneficial transactions, works for good, goods. So someone works and produces goods and you get money in exchange for your work or you pay the money for the goods. It's supposed to be mutually beneficial for the worker or for the employer and the employee. But our current capitalist system is like having a gun to your head because people have basic and desperate needs which are to care, which to the core are exploited and not supported. They get your money at the end of a gun and you keep your life. But was that voluntary? That's from Raul Martinez, who was on Russell Brand's podcast. So they were talking about this Milton Friedman guy. He's a pro-capitalist economist who kind of preached about the freedom to choose. But it's not freedom to choose when you have a gun at your head. And by that, I, I mean that our current capitalist system with little regulation... Lots of exploitation, lots of manipulation, lots of inequality. It's like working for a, a system a system that has a gun to your head because the people the people have basic and desperate needs, like food and shelter, clothing. And all that stuff has been exploited and not supported. They're trying to exploit for profit. They're saying, well, they need this so we i can make a living off of um off of their needs and make them pay this or charge extravagant amounts of money because it's a little bit different or whatever and then they learn to market it and do all this other kind of manipulative stuff and the inequality gap grows and grows and grows i thought that was uh that was a trippy disturbing concept that they were talking about yeah. and uh, it felt very life i related to that a lot they act like you have a choice but it's like no like they get your money at the end of a gun and you get to keep your life but it wasn't voluntary so it's like oh you're, you're supposed to be grateful that oh, i get to live i get to keep on living they didn't kill me and, and it wasn't voluntary. Like, they, they 
threaten to kill you or they threaten to evict you they threaten to fire you they whatever you don't perform you don't get a raise and all these things that devalue humanity and devalue human life in favor of the system of profit it's not a system of support supporting your fellow human helping our fellow humans so that we all progress as one unit they don't want that they want to keep us separated and infighting and point out the differences and make sure that we're making money off of each other because that supports their fucking system of profit here's another note we've embraced individualism yet there is no individual without contrast and without influence from others that's what society is So we must incorporate a bit of socialism and selflessness to be healthy individuals. Because we are in individuals. There is a type of, like we, we're, I'm by myself right now. I'm in this fucking apartment by myself. I'm an individual. But the contrasting and the influencing from all those I've interacted with over my life and the people I continue to interact with, that's what makes us a society. We have to learn to incorporate a bit of socialism and selflessness to be healthy individuals. And I, I think that with our current system, it's it's very heavy hand. It's very heavy handed and and heavy on one side, and that is the side of the individual. We're so about like separating ourselves and kind of dividing and conquering and uh, pointing out the differences and fighting amongst each other, trying to control each other instead of finding the, the, the social things and the selfless things that can make us all happier and healthier. That's not very uh, inspiring, is it? <laughs> Uh, here's another note, traits not states. This was a Sharon Salzberg quote from Russell Brand's podcast. Uh, traits not states with substances, practices, and habits. So the states, I think she was talking about people, addicts are always looking, and that's kind of what I talk about, the pleasure, like find the pleasure in life. And that might be the, that that's the substances um, instead of learning new traits and rewiring, changing those practices, changing habits, traits, not states. Hmm. What does that mean to you? I, uh, I don't, I don't want to always be, I don't want I don't like always chasing like a state like oh I got to get high oh I I want to forget this or I want to experience euphoria right now I don't want to deal with this I'm I'm bored this is boring this is painful I don't fucking know I just want to sit here um I think a lot of that comes from a lack of of traits of having the proper skills and proper wiring to have the a healthy personality 
in order to get you to where you want to be in life without whatever alcohol or cannabis or porn or um, constantly watching TV, whatever it is that we're trying to like, we're trying to put ourselves into a trance so that we kind of numb, numb ourselves a little bit and And that's all kind of deflection and avoidance, procrastination tactics, because we're unsure or we haven't learned the next step or the traits that we should be aspiring for. So we replace it. I'm I'm uh, dissecting this with you guys. Don't don't think I'm I'm think of this podcast as a discussion group, a book club. I'm not here to tell you anything and I'm not I'm not here declaring shit. Um I'm here to kind of learn myself and dissect this stuff myself and talk things through myself here's a note drug users aren't criminals they're in pain not all what's that say not all trauma creates addiction but all addicts carry trauma that's definitely me this is a quote from gabriel monte monte i think he was probably on a russell brand episode too their addiction is misguided because they're reaching for a cure. That's definitely me. So I've uh, I've tried to kind of cope with pain through cannabis and alcohol a little bit, not not as much as cannabis and and uh, porn and other things that kind of replace like that emptiness or that lack of connection. I didn't have a connection with my parents, so cannabis is a uh, was a replacement for that. I didn't have a, a lot of friends, so cannabis was a replacement for that. Porn, same thing. Not a lot of girls in my life, so um, so all these things become like a misguided attempt. You're reaching, or addicts, traumatized people are reaching for a cure. So not all trauma creates addiction, but all addicts carry trauma. I carry a lot of trauma, um, and I've probably traumatized others in, in the process of, uh, of me just living and, and, and being unaware. And uh, I try to actively fight against that. I don't want to be a bad influence on anyone. I don't want to make anyone's lives worse. Um... And I'm I'm always actively like kind of am I an addict? I think I have addict tendencies. Um, I still do. I, maybe maybe I was an addict a year ago or a couple of years ago. I identified as an addict, but now I feel like I just kind of identify more as. Uh, someone who's survived trauma and is trying to actively 
find long-term, the long-term healthiest ways to, to move past the trauma. I think for a long time I didn't know I, I had trauma. I thought that was uh, crazy. It, it took professionals and other people who had similar experiences to me to point out like, oh yeah, yeah that, that is trauma. These things are traumatic. And then what the fuck do you do with it after you learn that? So I think part of the podcast is like a, a way for me to continue talking through the trauma and and processing my struggle with focus or my struggle with connection, my struggle with, or my, um, yeah, the, the seeing, feeling like I was abused with all the religious control over me and maybe I can help someone else come to terms with their trauma or uh, trying to avoid inflicting trauma on, on your kids or your friends or your family members or co-workers. I'm, I'm, I have to be guilty of that too. I, I don't want to continue this cycle. You know me and repetition and, and looping and all that stuff. I I don't want to continue that fucking bullshit cycle. we got to actively fight against that. Here's a note. We felt unsafe, so created a world that is even less safe. How? Ego. We targeted each other rather than ego. We felt unsafe, so we created a world that is even less safe. Because of our ego, we targeted each other rather than ego. I think we need a little bit of ego in life to kind of motivate us to have better lives and to get somewhere better. But it's sad to me that as humans, as a society, we have normalized targeting each other instead of our own kind of selfishness that own our our ego and uh, our desire for control and we haven't stripped we haven't stripped the ego down to its core and kept it that way i think instead we've we've insulated it just like the insiders have done with the the system, they've insulated themselves. I think the ego has taken root in society, and um, I think we have to actively fight against against uh, kind of like feeding it or energizing that. Here's a note, Naomi Klein. Naomi Klein, author of No Logo, was on Russell Brand's podcast. She pointed out this about uh, Donald Trump, which I hadn't heard before. I thought it was pretty, pretty smart. She said, Trump invited us into his wealth and says blunt, 
outrageous things, and that's why he's accepted as authentic, despite his constant lying. So, because this wealthy guy kind of indulges in his wealth and talks about it and invited people in with his reality show and interviews and other things, and he says things in a blunt way, he, the public, the general public has accepted him as being authentic and this guy's real and this guy gets it he's he's not he's not uh i don't know he's not trying to cover things up or i don't know what is that but it's still like it's it's i i see her point but it's still bizarre to me that people can't see like oh he's not authentic he's not being transparent, he's misle- misleading intentionally, he's lying intentionally, but I see, like, the attraction of, like, oh, this wealthy guy is kind of flaunting his wealth and flaunting his opinion, and and uh, a lot of successful, uh, wealthy people don't really talk in that way and behave in that manner, um, at least in front of the general public, so... That seems to be the attraction of Trump, but it's still at its core is is uh, like you're you're buying into this fucking show and you're saying that you don't care that that <laughs> he's doing all this other bullshit um, just because a, a couple of minor things he does that that might be attractive or interesting. I don't know how people can just latch on to those few things and disregard all the other blatant, like, in-your-face bullshit that he does and says. Here's a note. Certainties in one's ideas or decisions have led to massive mistakes at Paramount Pictures, the movie studio, and with government, such as the Iraq War, the Vietnam War. Um, So, for example, my position, my job, my experience, my faith, my wealth, um, okay, uh, well, you could still be wrong or fucked up. So, having certainties in your ideas and your decisions, I'm the executive of... of, um, I'm the executive at Paramount, responsible for the creative content. I'm I'm a representative of the people. I'm a senator. I am who the fuck ever. I'm the president of the United States. So your position or your job or your experience or you, a lot of people rel- uh, like to lean heavily on their faith. Well, I'm a man of faith. I'm a woman of faith. I pray to God and I believe in God. Or their wealth, their they they like to point that their wealth is evidence of their um, status, their ideas and decisions. <laughs> but but the certainty in the ego, the the hubris of like I I'm for sure certain. I I know I I can't be wrong, and we have to plow ahead with this. And you're leaning heavily on on your position or your job or your experience or your faith or your wealth. It's like, okay, 
Okay, all that stuff, but you could still be wrong or you could still be a fucked up person. Like just because you have a certain status or a certain job or you believe in a certain faith or you're wealthy doesn't mean that you cannot be wrong and doesn't mean that you cannot be a fucked up piece of shit person <laughs> with wrong motives or whatever. Um, so there's that. What's this say? Oh, uh, I think these are two just kind of things I saw. Um, yeah, I was out there, I was watching, <laughs> I was watching them trim a palm tree the other day, and this palm tree is so tall, it's, I don't know how tall that would be. I don't know how tall palm trees get. It's easily a hundred foot. Easily. The guy looked tiny at the top. He's up there doing the trimming. And then he climbs down. And then he, he was tugging the rope of the palm tree. That they used to climb up there, I guess. And then I think they tie it a certain way. Or once they get back down, they're supposed to just pull the rope through. And it's supposed to like un unravel and they couldn't get it to unravel and i just saw them pulling on this palm tree this tree was just swaying back and forth first lazily and then it became much more frantic frantic jerking of the the rope much like uh me frantically masturbating <laughs> and it, it it was stuck up there for i don't know a good like 15 minutes I just thought it was interesting. Uh, I thought the guy was going to have to climb back up there and, and get it loose. But uh, I thought he was going to rip the whole fucking tree down. It was crazy. Um, I just thought it was interesting. It was the slow tugging. And then it became very <laughs> fast, heavy tugging. <laughs> All right. Um, I think my last thing on here is uh, is a review for the movie The Tenant. It's not really a review, it's more just a, a shout-out, a suggestion. It's a 1976 film, The Tenant, by Roman Plansky. Um, Plansky's kind of a creep. If you do some reading on him, he was accused of uh, raping a 13-year-old girl. Um, I think back in the 70s. And uh, I think he admitted to it but it was supposed to be what do they call it statutory rape so she was underage he was fuck like in his 20s or 30s at the time and supposedly the girl uh consented but because she was 13 fucking years old it's still considered rape and then he fled to France or Europe um, before the trial. <clears throat> so kind of a creep. Um, but that movie, that movie is was really good. It's on Hulu. And it's weird. I don't know how I feel about this stuff, guys. It's weird to recommend something uh, like a Woody Allen movie or a Roman, Roman Polanski movie. Or even like a Harvey Weinstein movie um, that he produced and funded. And, or 
some of these, um, just all these weird situations. Like, how do you, how can I watch this movie, appreciate the art, and separate it from the creators or those involved with it who might be pieces of shit or have done fucked up things? And uh, I guess that's like a thing that I, I can do. I don't know if it's moral or ethical, but I can watch The Tenant and enjoy it and say, this is a crazy movie. This is a really good movie. This uh, this guy gets this apartment. He's looking for an apartment in Paris. And it's uh, it's the apartment of a girl who had just tried to commit suicide and she's in the hospital. And he he just shows up and he's like, a friend told me about this apartment. Um, and he wants to rent it, uh, but he <laughs> pretty much has to wait to see if she dies, lives or dies, and then he moves in, so she dies, um, and it's just kind of the progression of, he's very, it's, it's a movie that has a lot of, um, like very, oh god, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, this is why I'm not a movie critic. I, I recommend you you watch it. It's it's filled with paranoia. It, I related to some of the apartment stuff with the um, the noise making, people being noisy, people being rude, um, being accused of things, uh, feeling psychotic, feeling targeted, um, being suspicious of other people. So there's a lot of elements that I, I relate to. And I guess that's why I can separate the uh, the man from the art. Um, but yeah, that was a, I watched it by myself first and then I really liked it, and then I told Ashley, I suggested that she watched it, and she ended up watching it while she was going to sleep one night. I ended up watching the whole, like, two-hour movie. She really liked it. I stayed up with her and, and watched uh, some of it a second time, and I've only done that a few times in my life, watched a movie twice in a certain, in a small window of time, and this was one of them. Uh, all right, well, on that creepy note, I think I'm going to wrap this baby up. I don't have plans for tomorrow. This might be the last episode I ever record. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but the information is out there. I, uh, I hope you guys will keep learning and taking action with me. I'm going to keep keep doing my best. I don't know if this includes the Cato Frank podcast or not, but... I genuinely appreciate you um, taking the time to listen and engage with me, hopefully. Um, And uh, that's all I have to say. Thanks for listening. Be safe out there. Take it easy. And um, suck my dick. The top selling, who cares? Stop dwelling, then stop yelling. I'm not yelling, you're yelling, smart Ellie. God damn it, fuck is that? Stop hammering. God. That's what it sounds like in my brain. Nah, little engine go, bin 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 go. I'm losing control, heroin and blow. 
shit I go Rilla My flow Stilla Psycho Killer I ho Silver Similes and idioms Giddy up I think I can I think I can I know I can Psycho I am Michael my knife Go right hand In my left hand I hold my stand Little engine go Chill, I got zip zip zero, zero zip zip zero, just like Cap and Nick. I got nip nip nil. Where the good whip will? This must be how being hood rich feels. Was a ghetto boy, now I ball out like Bushwick Bill. Gonna take you out like an outro. Bruce Wayne and Alpha the Gaucho. Blueface meets Alpha the Salvo. Balbo with a scalpel, scoundrel hound with a mouthful of outpo. Now go, little engine go, bin 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 go. I'm losing control.